0: Well, you just saw a few words from a satisfied customer of Bergen Park Church. And here at Bergen Park Church, they come in all ages and all stages. But we're talking about truisms, and for the Rileys, what they were saying was true for them, but maybe not for all. Not everybody would see Bergen Park Church with the same eyes. Their truth is something that's very, very personal. But other truths resonate with larger audiences and for a longer period of time. They're not necessarily universally true, but we find that they continue to work with the next generation. I grew up in a small town that had party lines for telephones. For those of you that are under 50, you probably don't remember those, but party lines mean that one telephone line is shared by 8 or 10 people. So my mother would always told would always tell me to be careful what I said over the telephone, because someone like Mrs. McGillicuddy next door might be listening. Don't say Mom can't come to the phone because she's in the bathtub. Now, aren't you glad that with your new cell phone and all this technology, nobody is listening to your private conversations today? (laughs) We never thought our government would be the one listening, did we? Another type of truth that we learn is the truth from science and yet we have found that conditions of our planet change uh, and and so with the changes of our planet come truth claims of science. I remember the threat of global cooling in my life and now it's global warming. Truth is that climate is changing and it's changing continually. The scientific method holds this truth that any experiment repeated under the same conditions must have the same results if the conclusion is true. And it will continually have the same conclusions. Now, how about truth of philosophy? In our current postmodern philosophy, you hear this truth. It does not matter what truth someone intends to tell you. The only real truth is what you heard and took away and believed as your truth. In other words, truth is... Only personal, it is never universal. That is a truism of the day. And it's not new. It's as old as humanity and emerges from a worldview that declares that the core of the universe is humanity, the human race. Now, if that is true, how are we doing? Your evaluation of this truth, if you are buy into postmodern philosophy, means that it really only has meaning to you. There's nothing true beyond you. How are we doing? Someone may not agree, and they're just as true as you are. Your truth is just another opinion. Like one tweet, or one like uh, like a Facebook like. And it's just one among so many others. You have no feet to stand on to say that what I'm saying has weight. I come from a worldview that declares that there are absolutes. That some truths are true because they are eternal. These truths were true from the beginning. They're true now, and they'll be true forever. They are true universally beyond personal opinions and changing times. And here are two that I grasp onto. The first is that God is. God exists. He is a being. The second is that God has spoken. Now, before I go any further, let me say to those who feel that you have been de-churched. In other words, you left the church, your church background because of its inconsistencies, its hypocrisies, or its lack of caring. Or some of you might say you're unchurched. You've never really been in the church. If either of these words describe you, I just want you to know you have good company. You have company like Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. He once asked his pastor a question, and he didn't like the answer that the pastor gave him. So he left the church, and he went into things like Zen Buddhism. He couldn't understand why there was suffering in the world if there was a good uh, if there was a good God. People are still asking that question. C.S. Lewis was another one of those that left the church. He later came back, found a new faith in Jesus Christ and was one of the most influential Christian thinker of a whole century. Or that wonderful woman, Barb DeMoller, had to leave the church for a while until she realized it was not working, and she came back to a vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. Many take a time away to look for a truth that works, and then realize they knew where to find it all along. They just missed it in all the distractions and all the white noise. I would like to cause you to rethink the church in the weeks ahead as a means to reprogram your inner being. Can you agree that God is and that he has spoken? And he has spoken in a way that's very difficult to miss. But you have the freedom to find it's very easy to reject. God has spoken and by his very nature he is a communicator. And by his nature, he has to communicate truth, not lie. Because there is only truth and reality in him. And God also knows how to communicate in more than just words. He has communicated truth to us in a person. Let me read to you the beginning of the Gospel of John. I start at verse 1, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Now I go down to verse 10. He was in the world, that means Jesus, God's expression. And through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, that which he created, but his own did not receive him. They had the freedom to reject him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born of not, not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now this key phrase, this key sent, two sentences that tell us how God has spoken. The word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only. Who came from the father. Full of grace. And truth. Now the reason many people cannot accept this as truth. Is that anything beyond the physical or the material. Is impossible to verify. That uh, That is true by methods that rely on the physical material only. But they. The science world has nothing to say of any existence beyond the physical. And if a scientist is being uh, true to himself or herself, she will say that I have no way to evaluate that. I can't say whether it is true or not. God's claim is that behind the scientist's brain is a creator. And I find when people get real honest, they long for reality beyond the physical universe. They desire more than the physical. And they believe there is more to each one of them than a bunch of attached atoms. They want meaning and purpose in their lives that go beyond just living a good life and then becoming fertilizer for the planet's next generation. They want more, but they cannot prove more just with their minds. Jesus, as described in the Bible, stands as one beyond just another human, or even a great human, but is God himself. As he would uh, most understandably be be displayed, he is God with skin on. And coming out from that God are two items that we long for, that will affect humanity in every way, truth and grace. We'll, do, we'll deal with truth this week and grace sometime later. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Now, if you're involved in anything legal, you know that our legal system is based on the law of Moses, with other inputs coming later. That law was given to a new and free society that had been slaves. Prior to that, their authority was Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, when he declared the law, it was true. But it was always in his favor. Now, this people, the Jews, would have laws that would govern them. And Moses claims to have received these laws from God. But something even better would come through Jesus. What was better than the law was truth. In more than words, truth in a human being, truth in a person. Jesus Jesus would be the truth that goes beyond science, beyond personal opinion, beyond the logic of philosophy. Jesus would be the one who all humanity can look to and agree with that God is and that God has spoken. I hear skeptics argue that unless I can prove that God exists, they will never believe he exists. My answer to them is that God is not visible in just a material way. We can see evidence of what he's done. And so verse 18 of the passage I read tells us that no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who was at the Father's side, has made him known. We see the evidence of what he's done. And if there's anything that baffles the, material, the materialists, it is questions that they admit science still cannot answer. <clears throat> And two things that they still cannot answer and never will be able to answer are the questions of the beginning. The beginning of the universe. How did it occur? Yes, they may agree there was a big bang, but where did material and, and, and where did energy come from? And the beginning of life. How did we get a human cell or a, a living cell that continues to exist and able to multiply itself? How did we go from non-life to, to life? We claim that this is God's work. In both the very biggest of the big and the very smallest of the small, there's no acceptable scientific conclusion without a designer behind them. But in the spiritual realm, God has been seen and God is known, and it is through his son Jesus. Now, the person who writes these conclusions, John, is a man who was baffled at the works of Jesus, and as were all of his disciples. But he was also attracted to him by Jesus' love and mercy. And his conclusion is that this Jesus, whom he calls the word, the expression of God, this Jesus is God. And through this Jesus, the invisible God, has let us see what God is like. What conclusions have you made about Jesus? If you can ask this question honestly you will have to consider the same answer as as those around him asked. Who else could this person be? What real conclusion, what reliable conclusion, what other conclusion can you come to that makes sense about this person, Jesus? But like John, others came to this conclusion through the experiences that they had with Jesus. They found truth through their personal experience. Peter says, but we were eyewitnesses. Of his majesty. Most of what is written about Jesus comes from those sources who were actually related to him. Peter tells us that he was an eyewitness over a period of three years. He heard Jesus' teachings, he saw his miracles, and he experienced his grace and forgiveness. Peter's conclusion Jesus is God. God's son, Jesus is the expected Messiah. He was also so convinced about this true identity of Jesus that he died defending his trust in him. Luke was another one. As he begins his gospel, he says, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Luke never interviewed Jesus, but he interviewed in the most scientific way those who had spent time with Jesus. His account was from many, not just from one witness. And so uh, we believe he is the one who interviewed Mary, and that's how we got the birth narrative. He interviewed Mary, Jesus' mother, who who told Luke about how she became pregnant. Something about Jesus causes Luke to lay aside his career in medicine, a very worthy career, and become a documenter, a journalist. He desired the most accurate record of Jesus' life so uh, that this record could go beyond the Jews, beyond this handful of believers, and could go to his own people, the Greeks. But as you saw in our videos, Christ followers find Jesus to be true in their own experiences today. They overcome their skepticism, place their faith in Jesus, and they follow him true uh, still today. It's not about the building that we worship in. That doesn't make us the church. It's not about the laws that they follow and the rules that they obey. It's not about how good they become or how good they are not. It is about a relationship with the risen Christ. And you put any groupings of these people together anywhere on this planet, and that is the church. People who share the same faith ...in and a relationship with Jesus. They experience his presence and his power in their lives... ...and they find truth in him. We should also understand that we should be finding truth in time. So for right about 2,000 years now... ...truth about Jesus that we present to you... ...is the same truth that has been presented to others... Some have tried to alter it over time, and they make changes. They think they're making improvements. But those changes fade away because they have strayed from the truth. Others try to add to it or to, to subtract from it. But the truth remains the same. That's because it's real truth and will be true as true yesterday as it is today and true in the future. This truth about the person of Jesus and what he did. His death, you see, is not a Roman execution, but a God substitution. He just doesn't die because he's executed. He dies for the penalty of our sins. And so Paul says, and he only saw Jesus in his resurrected form. He says, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. In other words, this is truth that matters that Christ died, but for the purpose of our sins, according to the scriptures. That he was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, everyone would say, yeah, Christ existed, he was buried, but why did he die? He dies for our sins. And what about that ongoing death? Well, he was raised on the third day. These two are things that people continue to dispute. But the purpose of his death was the substitution of our sins. So the apostles preach this. We preach this and our children will preach this until Jesus returns. These are true isms. These are truths because they remain the same for the past 2,000 years according to the scriptures and were foreseen and prophesied since the days of Moses, 1,500 years before Jesus. Now it gets down to the real question of truth and you. That is what counts. What about you? Is it true in that it applies for all? But is it untrue because it does not apply to you? It has to be for all, but if it's for all, it's also for each one of us. Is this true for you? Jesus is recorded to speak to one of the most upright, successful, and respected men of his day. He was an older man by the name of Nicodemus. And he had gone to Jesus to find out for himself if what Jesus was saying and doing was true. His best friends were the critics of Jesus, and they were the ones who were trying to strip him away of his deity. So his best friends didn't want him to go. Nicodemus has to find out for himself. Is this true? Is this man true or not true? And his question from his aching soul was never fully stated. But if he had had time to finish his inquiry, he would have said this. Are you the one that God has promised in the scriptures? Are you the one because of your words and because of your miracles? And Jesus' answer to him is a truth that affects all of us. Jesus, in essence, does not answer that question. But Jesus answers the aching inner question that Nicodemus is asking, and we are all asking. Nicodemus, he would have said, everyone who knows you respects you. But guess what? Everything you've done, every reason that people do respect you, still does not make you good enough to be accepted by God. This is the truth to which you, Nicodemus, must agree. This is the truth to which I have agreed. No matter how much your name is honored, no matter how great your reputation is, you must be born from above. Born from above is where we say born again, depending on the Bible that you use. He would say to Nicodemus, as he would say to us, Nicodemus, you must be born of God. Born by heaven, born from above. And that is the truth. We must all be born from above, and only God in his power can do that. No matter how well you are respected, no matter how great uh, are, are the achievements of your life, no matter how kind you have been and how ethical you've been, you are still not where you need to be. Only God, through his power, can do and restore that relationship with him all the rules that you that you uh, fulfill all the good things that you do only god can make you good enough how does that truth hit you is it hard to accept that you may be very good better than most perhaps better than all but you still fall short of god's standards and let's be honest you fall short of your own standards Jesus says to you, you must be born from above. You must let God do what you cannot do. Have you done that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you now to be in this wonderful building. But we understand the purpose of this building is to help your people gather together to worship you, to grow in you, and to reach out to their community. And among people here today may be some of those that are from the community and totally unconvinced of who Jesus is. Others may have come from a a background in a church that caused them to see um, such a difference in what was being taught versus what was being lived, that they rejected that experience. For the unconvinced, for the de-churched, for the unchurched, I pray that they would be listening to you today and they would realize that in Jesus they find not just another great human being, but the only accurate and logical conclusion they can come to was either he was a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. I pray they would choose Lord. And we are the church because we have declared that in our lives. We have solidified that in our hearts. It is part of the the inner, deepest part of our beings. We call him Lord. And we thank you that you made it so clear to us to do that. Amen. Amen.